0: You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustained effort and violence, you play your ass
1: off. You're watching The Pirate Preview on The Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on
0: YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys.
1: Here it is a first go. Pirates.
2: Welcome in to the Pirate Preview right here on the Sports Objective. A big game on Saturday as we go to Annapolis, Maryland. And Bubba, very excited, and Kyle uh, to have with us Pete Medhurst, the Navy play-by-play voice. Pete, one of our favorite guests. Welcome back to the show.
1: Always good to be with you
2: guys. Appreciate it. No doubt. I need to get an apartment or something in the DMV, by the way. I'm a commander's season ticket holder. I forgot to tell you that in the green room. So um, I've been traveling to Washington a lot recently in Maryland.
1: That's a uh, that's pretty good hike. I've done that, obviously. I drove last time we played at East Carolina. I drove to the game. Um but on a Sunday, that's not a very friendly ride in terms of the traffic. So that's uh, that might not be a terrible idea, at least to uh, find a room to rent between September and December.
2: And No doubt. Uh, let's talk about uh, Navy, East Carolina. And the guys we were talking about, we have the utmost respect for obviously you and uh, the team, but it feels kind of like a, I, I don't think the right word would be a rivalry game, but we always love playing you guys. Uh, We talk about how special it is because of the Naval Academy. Do you have the right word for it? Rivalry is not the right word, but it's the game that we are always looking for each season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when you look in the league, first of all, you know, we're about as close in terms of proximity. You know, maybe Temple uh, technically is a little closer. Um, but you know we got a little bit, we got a little bit of lineage with you guys playing. You guys, we played you, you know, even before we got uh, in the American. So, um, and look, I mean, East Carolina's fans have always traveled well uh, to Annapolis. They've always filled up sections thirty-one and thirty-two over there in that corner. And um, you know, as I've told you all, uh, I, I, I'm not. First of all, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure there's a, a media that covers any team in the American better than East Carolina between all the different podcasts, local TV stations, um, and stuff like that. I mean, you guys have as loyal a following media wise and fan base wise as anybody, uh, in the league. And, you know, I mean, the, the games at times have been okay. Um, you know, obviously the last time you guys were in Annapolis, I mean, when Daffer's kick would have been good from 70. He hit it so good, uh, in that game, even though it was from 54, uh, at, at the gun. But, you know, I mean, it, it, I think the, you know, uh, we've enjoyed coming down there. We recruit a lot of kids from North Carolina and I think that's also part of it. You know, we usually show up with a pretty good contingent of fans. When we're down there um, in Greenville. So uh, I don't expect anything more uh, than a close game again uh, between these two sides uh, coming up here on Saturday.
2: Pete, before we dive into the the game, obviously on Saturday in Annapolis, Can you talk about, uh, speaking of rivalries, probably one of the biggest rivals in all the sports, Uh, Army coming into the American football only. Just want to get your take being a Navy guy. What's your perspective on it?
1: I mean, our administration's been supportive of it. Um, You know, as soon as those discussions started, I mean, these discussions have gone on for a long time. Uh, It was just a matter of whether Army wanted to make the commitment. Uh, Navy has never stood in their way uh, in terms of, joining the American Athletic Conference it was just always a matter of army feeling comfortable in terms of doing it but I mean at some point I mean you got to entertain your fans I mean you can't play some of the teams that they've played and think that your fans are you know excited about winning two one double-a games uh, a year I mean they, they because an independent it's incredibly tough to schedule right now it's it's even tougher to get people to come to your stadium when you're an independent um and, and some of the teams they play just you know haven't been some of the best. Now they've gotten a, some guarantee games. They played a hell of a game out at Oklahoma a couple of years ago. So, I mean, Jeff's improved the product there tenfold from when he took it over. Um, but at some point, I mean, I, look, their schedule is going to get 10 times better playing in the American. You're going to get some more entertaining teams. You're going to get better football games. And at some point you, know, you got to entertain your fans, um, you know, on the business side of it. And I think this, um, you know, army fits, Uh, with all these teams in this league. They're not going to be overwhelmed by anybody. And um, because of what Jeff has done there, it's going to make the league better, I think, uh, overall. And um, I know Navy is looking forward. uh, And I think we all hope at some point uh, there's an Army-Navy championship game uh, in the uh, American Athletic Conference.
0: Pete, I talked to you about it briefly before the show started about the Army-Navy game
1: Uh, remaining on the uh,
0: second weekend of December. Uh, the game's going to be a non-conference game um, as as Army joins the league. I You know, I know they have the TV contract with CBS. I hope at some point that changes. I, I know it's a tradition, and I respect the tradition. But it, to have that thing as a league game, um, particularly if we would go back to divisions, I, I, I mentioned to you perhaps play it on week zero. I know CBS doesn't want any competition, but – it would still be the marquee game week zero. And I'm, I'm, I'm booking big picture things that are really not my business, but just from a, a neutral party that's not a fan of Army or Navy respects them both. I love having both in the league. I, I just think you have, you know, from a marketing standpoint, America's game in, a, in the American conference to kick off college football season, make it the Daytona 500 of college football. I think it should work.
1: You know, I mean, at some point, I mean, I'm not saying at some point it might not have to come to that if both teams realize that there's more detriment to playing the game on that date, uh, and their TV partner thinks the same, who pays a lot of money uh, for that game. Uh, but ultimately, as we've all we're all finding out, um, those TV dollars are just you know too hard to ignore. Other conferences are making moves in the same vein, and you know, uh, unfortunately, TV dollars talk. Now, if at some point the TV partner comes to both sides and says, hey, maybe this is a better fit at this time, then, you know, maybe maybe they would discuss that. But, you know, based on the length of that contract right now, uh, I don't think those discussions are going to be had uh, for quite some time as um, CBS has just been a tremendous partner for both Army uh, and Navy, obviously, for a long time now. I bet you mentioned before
0: the world Joe, you got some in there with – with four wins right now, with three games to go, playing for bowl eligibility. But as you understand it, you guys need to win the next two weeks because uh, it doesn't sound like there's going to be any bowl game um, waiting around for you guys. I guess it depends on how many bowl eligible teams are out there. Uh, do you know what the situation would be like? Let's say you let's say um, you beat um, SMU and <laughs> lose to East Carolina, and uh, you know then you beat Army to get to six and six. It, it, if if there's not enough bowl eligible teams, is a bowl would a bowl still wait then, or would a five and seven team go ahead and go in play some of you
1: guys? I mean, I, w- I would assume a five and seven goes before us. Uh, well, we all know James Madison would go before us. they have been completely uh, right now. Like. Um, you know, uh, Jacksonville State uh, Gamecocks but, had a heck of a year in their first year, uh, moving up uh, as well. So I mean, um, yeah, I mean those are the rules. I mean, you know the rules when you go into the season. Um, and this is a pretty cut and dry business. The beauty of athletics, the beauty of competition, um, there's a winner, there's a loser. Um, it's it that's, it's real cut and dry. Um, you know, some sports allow you to have ties and things of that nature. Well, in this case, there, there are no ties. Uh, it's about wins and losses. You get what you earn. Unfortunately, right now, we've only earned four wins going into this East right. Carolina game. So, um, it's kind of a, a product of the way our season has gone. And, you know, we as I keep telling everybody, you know, mathematically, you still have a shot. You can't get to six without getting to five. You got to get to five first. And um, if they can somehow win this week, they would get to five. And then obviously you have a, a very good SMU team uh, waiting out there uh, in the wings uh, a week from Saturday.
0: Yeah, it just, it just drives me crazy that uh, you guys could get to six and six after that Army game. You know, things play out that way. And, and then you might not go to a bowl. Um, because of the date the games play. One more question about uh, big picture stuff, and then we'll focus in on East Carolina Navy. Um, do you know what happens starting next year? Let's say, uh, let's say Navy goes uh, undefeated, or you're a one-loss football team, and so is Army. Or, or in this case, it doesn't even matter if it's Army. Let's just say it's uh, you guys. So let's say you're, you're you're undefeated or a one-loss football team, and you're playing for the conference championship in that playoff spot. Um, do you, do you know if you guys would go ahead and get that after the conference championship game? Cause you could still lose to army, which then might not make you the highest ranked group of five champion.
1: I, but here's, the, here's the caveat. I believe the final, the final, uh, committee, uh, rankings are the week before. So if Navy is the highest ranked group of five team the week before, it doesn't um, matter, okay. and, and yeah, they uh, by rule they would qualify yep. uh, for that spot. So uh, I, I hope those are all scenarios. I hope we have a chance to discuss at some point. I hope they come <laughs> to fruition. But again, you know, that's that's kind of how the landscape of college football has changed here because these are all things now down the road that all of a sudden merit discussion. But based on when the final committee rankings are, I would imagine if Army or Navy are undefeated at that point. And they are the highest rated group of five team, then they would qualify for that spot.
2: Interesting. Pete, I had a question regarding I know how much you've had respect for Coach Mike Houston. He's had a really tough year being two and eight, as you probably followed from the outside. Obviously, we live it every single day. I just want to get your thoughts because the fans, I think, have been too hard on Mike Houston. And uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. Have you so seen far. the
1: offense? <laughs> have you seen our offense? I mean, One more it, it points than us. Hey, it, it, look. I mean, we, we're the only team in the country that has started four quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, you've I, got four quarterbacks. Yeah, we, we've 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 started four different quarterbacks. We've got a couple more that could play if um uh, if it came down to it. But you know, I mean, look, it it, it is. I mean, our offense has gradually gotten better. Uh, that's the great thing. Xavier Arline has brought us some stability. Uh, knock on wood, I mean, we've just had tremendous injuries at the quarterback spot. I mean, you know, the guy that we thought the quarterback was going to be in the spring hadn't been able to go. Uh, The other three quarterbacks have all gotten hurt at some point. And when that happens, and you just lose development time. And when you lose development time, I mean, you, you all know, this is the most important position in all of professional sports. Yeah. You know, outside of playing tennis and golf, where you're the only person um, hitting the ball you know this is the most important pro- position in all the professional sports and, and college sports right. so when you don't have stability there um you know we've had kids trying to play hurt and that's admirable but when you're trying to play hurt man that's a tough go it's tough enough to play this sport when you're healthy let alone uh trying to play hurt and you know x has done a great job for us last six quarters i think our offense has looked a lot better and hopefully we can uh you know keep that uh, going forward Look, I mean, let's face it. I mean, and and I've I've seen all the stuff with Mike and everything this year. I mean, you can't be the same group that was so gung-ho based on the way the previous year went and the momentum was going. Um, But like every team, if you miss at the quarterback spot, then these are the likely results uh, of what happens, unfortunately. And they just have not had the consistency. Uh, at that position that a guy that played for six years gave you, you know, uh, leading up to that. I think if there was, if there was any, if there were any holdouts on just how much Holt Naylor's meant to that program, I think those questions are being answered um, right now. So, I mean, look for Mike and any other coach, I mean, look, Coach Niamat uh you know, had a tough couple of years. Um, you know, you look at guys that have all won. I mean, You know, Nick Saban went to the NFL and looked like a very average coach. He comes back to college and he's the king of the world. So, you know, everybody has a down year. I mean, the thing to me is for East Carolina, though, it's easy to identify. It's easy to identify where things have gone uh, astray. And let's face it, the transfer portal, your roster every year now, until until these rules get cleaned up a little bit, I mean, you have a chance to go shopping at the flea market every year for a new dude. Mm-hmm. You could literally have a new dude every year at quarterback if you chose to go that way, just plucking one out of the portal. Um, and that person's likely an upgrade over what you have um, when you go shopping for it. So that's, um, that's how our game is played now. If you don't have solid play at that quarterback spot, then uh, you're gonna the, the results are probably going to be subpar. Look how good... ECU's played defense the last couple of weeks, and you know the defense played well enough to be two and zero. Unfortunately, the record's one and one.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Defense, uh, defense played well all year, really. Even where the scores got out of hand, it's because they weren't yeah, field too sure. much. And the quarterback situation is, I, our fans know about our quarterback situation. There's no need to discuss that with you. We'll discuss your quarterback situation.
1: I mean, uh, hey, look. At, I mean, look. The, the problem is, you go look, and we all thought. I mean, I think we all thought Mason Garcia had a chance to really be the guy following Holton. Um, and for whatever reason, it just, it just hasn't happened. No one, I'm not sure how many people were saying, oh, he's not the guy. He's not the guy coming into this season. I I know somebody
0: who knew it very well, who told me he wasn't the guy, but I won't get into that right now. Um, you already talked about him earlier, um, (laughs) but, um, I, uh, anyway, so let's, uh, let's focus on the, uh, the, 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 the Navy quarterback situation, uh, you said there's been a rotating door there, a lot of injuries. Uh, you guys put up 31 points uh, against UAB. Um, uh, so t- talk about what happened last week against the Blazers. Uh, holding them to six points was also very impressive. They had a stout offense, a good running game, uh, go- coming into that game. So, talk about this performance last week. Obviously, playing on Veterans Day, I would think would mean a lot to the midshipmen, but uh, you-, you putting up 31 points, holding UAB to six, talk about that performance last week. Who is playing quarterback for you guys now and uh and, and what we expect to see out of Navy's offense this weekend? You guys for, for anybody who hadn't watched Navy this year, you guys still do, you know, a lot of the triple option stuff, but that is not the identity of Navy football solely like it was at one time.
1: No, I mean, we've really introduced some new concepts and we're starting to see those concepts blossom a little bit. Uh some zone running packages. Um, and, and we've got, look, I mean, we've it, it took us a little while to figure out who our best playmakers were. And we're getting those guys the ball. Xavier Arline's doing a great job at quarterback, settling us down over the last two games. And like I said, the last six quarters have been pretty good football for us. Our offensive line's been beaten up. Um, We got kids that are being held together with bailing wire, but that's who they are. They put the tape on, they go back out there uh, and they play. And, you know, X has been the calming influence though. But we've got, I think what happens, and you've seen this, you put the tape on, you look at Alex Teska, Eli Heidenreich, Brandon Chapman those guys run away from people those guys don't get caught by anybody and I think that shocks defensive backs like I think UAB's people when they saw those two getting to the edge the other day they were kind of like whoa these guys can really roll um and they've been tremendous X on the run you know 50 yards for a touchdown um also doing a a fabulous job and I, I just think it's taken a little while for those new concepts to blend in with uh what we've you know, done in the past. And Coach Newberry has spoken about how we still want to have that physical identity, run game first, but we've had receivers running open all year. We just had a lot of inconsistency in hitting them. If we hit some of those plays earlier in the season, the record's different than what it is right now. We're still getting people open, but now we're starting to hit on more of those plays. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why the offense is taking the jump. Our defense continues to play well. One of those touchdowns last week, obviously, was the Rayon Lane, defensive touchdown, 97-yard interception return. Colin Ramos was the Defensive Player of the Week this week uh, in the American Athletic Conference. So our kids have done uh, a marvelous job sticking with it, despite the record being what it was at one point. You know, we gave Memphis everything they can handle, losing by four there. Um, So, I mean, we've challenged ourselves against one of the best in the league already, and, you know, we know we can play with them. It's just a matter of finding that consistency and doing it each and every week. And that's the thing that when you, when you have those quarterback injuries and offensive line injuries, um, those things start to mount up on you because our league is good. I don't care what anybody says. The American is still the best G5 league. Um, you know, Yeah, I know James Madison's good at the top of their league, but I guarantee if they come into the American, um, they're going to get a lot more of a fight than, than they do. Uh, you know, I mean, I was disappointed. I love Georgia State, love Sean Elliott, but JMU blew them out. I, I don't know how many teams James Madison's coming into in the American and just rolling roughshod over them. They might still win the games, but, you know, I mean, they're life and death with an average Old Dominion team. Um, you know, so I, I still think that the American is by far, in a way, um, you know, the best G5 league out there uh, on a consistent basis. So, um, you know, the, our league is our league is not by any means uh, an easy place, and if you don't have your A game, you're going to lose. It's real simple. Uh,
2: speaking of which, uh, Pete, uh, off the subject of the game real quick, uh, when you mentioned the conference, do you think we need to expand more than Army? To, uh, no, not, not really.
1: Not, not really, because, I mean, here's the thing. What does anybody else bring to the league? Army's a national brand, so they bring something to the league. Who else are you going to get? That brings a national brand, perhaps Air Force, um, but but who else brings that? And I, I don't I, I don't see anybody else out there that brings a quote national brand uh, to what we're doing here in the American. So, you know, um, y- y- you want to sell me on somebody, I'll listen. Y- if you want to sell me on somebody else out there in a G five that wants to come to the American, I- I'll certainly listen. But I think the Sunbelt's happy where they are. I think the people in the Sunbelt are happy where they are. I think the people in the Mountain West are happy where they're at right now. And, you know, the MAC is what the MAC is. So, um, you know, again, if you want to sell me on somebody that brings something else to the table, I'll listen to it. I just don't know what anybody else brings in terms of a, quote, brand or national brand (laughs) of football.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what Oregon State, Washington State does, and you mentioned the Mountain West. so. We'll see how that all that plays out. Do we want to expand that far west? But uh, another thing, this would really wouldn't affect Navy. But uh, people have talked about bringing in somebody to offset SMU leaving in other sports, VCU, for example. But uh, my dog wants to participate in the podcast professional uh, operation. That's
1: all right. Hey, trust me, my dog makes appearances in a lot of the podcasts. I do too.
0: <laughs> so we uh, so obviously talking about football from a national brand with Navy. But back to the game, um, you, you talked about the offense and the differences. Could, could you specify more uh, the difference in the offense this year? Obviously, we mentioned keeping some of those triple option tendencies, but um, throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, tell people what they're going to see from a schematic standpoint from the Navy offense.
1: I mean, I just think you're going to see us have a little more confidence in throwing the football. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, schematically we're getting people open. Um, and we, we've, we've just got to hit them. We got to give Xavier time in the pocket to get back there, uh, allow the routes to develop, uh, and make those throws. Um, you know, we've been able to, we've done, you know, really good things with our wide receivers on, uh, crossing routes, running backs on deep routes. So, I mean, like I said, it's taken us a little while to identify our playmakers, but, You know, it's no – I think everybody's kind of figured out. Our bread and butter, um, you know, is with Teska and Heidenreich uh, right now, two kids out of the Pittsburgh area, sophomores who have been very good. And we're such a young football team in a lot of areas. And, you know, I think that's the – I think that's the exciting thing for us right now is we've figured out some of these guys, and they're all young. Uh, You know, we've even got a couple of young quarterbacks in the pipeline who we're excited about, um, you know, that you know one got hurt, the other one, you know, had to start against Air Force. He's a true freshman. So, you know, I think they're excited about a couple of the young kids that are in the pipeline. They've learned from a couple of veterans like Arline and Ty Lovatai this year, who've been incredible leaders in the role that they've been asked uh, by this team. So uh, I think the the future is bright for us. And I think we've understood, you know, option football is predicated on outnumbering people. And Army and Navy can't really outnumber people anymore using the option because there's eight people up the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's just physically impossible to outnumber people. So they've had to introduce some new concepts to what they're doing uh, to take advantage of everybody being up the line of scrimmage. And we've started to do that a little bit more and utilize some of that speed uh, that we have on the team.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and and uh, you know I think with the evolution of, of the blocking schemes and the rule changes of the NCAA, it was a necessity. Navy did that, and I uh, you know I I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward with you guys throwing the ball more. And I, I think from from an East Carolina standpoint, um, our fan base is probably glad that you guys aren't doing exclusively triple option anymore with the lack of success we've had against it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we did score 76 and 66 in a couple of games down there uh in Greenville. But we I mean, you got to think about it though. I mean, we've had some elite people, okay? We had some elite people when we were hanging 76 and 66 uh down there uh in Greenville. So, um that helps uh, when you when you have elite players like Keenan Reynolds, it makes a huge uh, huge difference. But no, I mean, um as I as we have watched East Carolina's defense most of this season you know you got people over there um you know that are, are legit I mean you got players that could go play in other leagues you got you got some power five guy type guys I mean Charlotte had power p- power five type guys their defense you want you want me to go line up with Charlotte's defense or East Carolina's defense I'll tell you what USC would love to have either Charlotte or East Carolina's defense right now I can tell you that because if they had either one of those <laughs> defensive units They'd be a better team. Their record would be far better than what it is. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's the the important thing is those kids on the defensive side, no matter what has happened with the inconsistencies on offense, they've stayed together and they they got they play with a hell of a lot of pride out there, um, you know, each and every week. So you you get in a 13-10 game with Tulane, with as good as Tulane has been now over the last two years, uh, with one of the best quarterbacks uh, that we've had in the American in a while. Um that tells you something Florida Atlantic's been able to score points this year. East Carolina just shut it down last week. We, we all know how good Tom Herman has been offensively in his time in the American between Houston and, uh, and Florida Atlantic. So we know, we know what that offense is capable of. And, you know, here's ECU holding Tulane to 13 and to, and Florida Atlantic to seven points. I mean, that's, I mean, that's big time defense. That's big time defense.
2: Pete, as far as the, Defense is concerned when you talked about for us for East Carolina. Uh, no, Coach Newberry was at Kennesaw State before he came to Navy. Blake Harrell was at Kennesaw State before he came to East Carolina. I'm sure that Coach Newberry has a lot of respect for Blake Harrell.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, not not no question. Um, Coach talked about that actually earlier this week. So, um, I mean, super amount of respect for for the people uh, you know over on that side. I mean, coaches, no coaches and and they know it's going to be a, a heck of a battle uh, coming up this week. They know East Carolina's going to be well prepared and you know again as I said in our league, I don't care if you're 2 and 8, 4 and 6, you know, 9 and 0. Oh, if you don't have your A game, you're going to lose. That's just how good our league is. Um you know, even the teams at the bottom this year. I mean, you know, look at how Temple played with us. I mean, Temple's a completely different team with EJ Warner. They're always capable. Now they may not inc- they may not consistently do it, but when Warner's there, they have a shot to do it. And, you know, we found out the hard way against them. Um, so as he came back from an injury after missing four weeks. So, yeah, I mean, again, it comes, it comes down to, if you don't have your a game in our league um, you're going to be life and death to get a victory or you're going to take an L and that's just the reality of playing football um, in, in the American athletic conference. And I think if anybody thought, and I know, I mean, you guys know, I, I, I pay attention to all the media down there. I listen to the post game shows, all that stuff. If you thought these kids had quit on Mike Houston, this defense would be playing you know, the way that that it is. So I think those that are trying to, you know, put that narrative out there are trying to talk it into belief and fruition. And I think the players' effort tells me something different. So just no, any, me, anybody who says we quit,
0: they're not watching the football games. Uh, right? There's no and Kids,
1: kids want to compete, man. Kids want to compete. They, hey. they don't want to be embarrassed on 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 TV. So
0: we talk about kids not quitting this past week. The Pirates had uh, a a Frank Beamer, if you will, effort type on on special teams, block punt, five made field goals. Uh, How are the midshipmen looking on special teams?
1: Well, we've got the best punter in America. Um, So we have the best punter in America. We have the best gunner in America. So Riley Reithman is definitely a chance to win the Ray Guy Award. And Rayon Lane is the best gunner in America on punts. Um, You know, Nathan Kirkwood has kind of solidified our field goal PAT unit. Um, Evan Warren, uh, our kickoff guy uh, who boots the ball through the end zone pretty much every time, unless he's told to do something different, uh, interviewed for a Rhodes Scholar last week. Missed the game because he had to interview for a Rhodes Scholar. So it just goes to show you the, you know, importance we put on academics uh, at the Naval Academy. So, you know, I mean, if the ball is returnable, you know, Tyler Bradley and Amin Hassan, very capable, uh, return guys. And Amin's obviously, you know, real solid in the punt return game. So, you know, pretty Ricky Brown's done a great job as he's the assistant coach, new coach this year, coordinating our special teams. And, um, you know, from a special team standpoint, you know, I put our units up with just about anybody.
2: And Pete, can you talk about the, uh, Obviously, maybe I can in two years. I can't wait to come up there to see a game. For the Pirate fans coming up there that have never been to the stadium, can you talk about the game day atmosphere?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, the march on of the midship when you watch 4,400 kids, you know, march into the stadium in lockstep in uniform, um, it's pretty breathtaking to watch that. If you've never seen it before, you know, we have flyovers. Our tailgate environment is tremendous. Uh, as good as anybody in the American. And you know, as I said, a lot of ECU fans have made that trek. There's always been a lot of purple and gold over in Section 31 and 32, uh, you know, for those games. And if you haven't come up, I mean, look, an app, come up on Friday. Annapolis is a great place. The game's at 12 o'clock. I mean, heck, you got you can go down the city dock area, um, and I think we're going to get – you know, it's going to be gusty. I mean, the wind's going to be gusting around 30 miles an hour on Saturday, so that, that will be a factor. But, um, you know, you can go downtown Annapolis – Uh, which is literally two miles away from the stadium um, and enjoy, you know, great scenery, good food um, uh, and a great environment with uh, what should be a good weather day uh, in Annapolis on Saturday. That's the advantage of the 12 o'clock kickoff. Plenty of time afterwards to go, um, you know, enjoy yourself. And more importantly, the game will be over before sunset when the temperature usually drops about 15 degrees this time of year. But, you know, our environment's as good as anybody's. Uh, in college football, obviously, with all the different traditions uh, that we have, so uh, senior day for us always been a huge day. Uh, before the pandemic, you know, we didn't lose a senior day game, you know, for like 15 years. So, yeah, obviously, they're hoping to reestablish that tradition and uh, try and start another winning streak and keep it going for a while on senior day.
0: Pete, you mentioned the weather. Uh, I did not know about the 30-mph wind gust. That should be interesting for the passing game and the kicking game. I anticipate a lot of running and a lot of good defense this Saturday. It's going to be a hard hit and a, a ugly football game in the best possible way is what I anticipate uh, Saturday in Annapolis, Maryland.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, uh, you look at the way our defense played last week against a passing attack that averaged three Oh three, a game coming in. And they decided they wanted to line up with the line of scrimmage and play smash mouth football. Interesting game plan from Trent Dilfer. Yeah. I trust Trent implicitly though. I mean, he's, good offensive mind. I mean, they just, they gambled with a game plan and, and it just didn't go well for them, um, you know? And like I said, Lane's interception was the capper on the way our defense played, um, you know, this past week. And obviously they're going to have to rise to the occasion. Uh, we know how good Green and Harris are as running backs and what they're capable of. And, you know, who, you know, Flynn, you know, I mean, he at least looked the part. He didn't kill him at the quarterback spot. If your quarterback doesn't kill you, um, and keeps you in the game then you've got you've got a great chance with the uh, guys like green and Harris uh running the football for you so I mean just as we've seen in past years I mean I'm going I'm just a couple hours away from going to watch Keaton Mitchell play and I've been telling I told everybody the moment Eric DaCosta signed him the night after the draft up here I said not only is this kid gonna make the team at some point he's gonna make an impact on the team and Keaton his uh certainly turned into making me a profit on that. He has been explosive the last couple of weeks uh, for the Ravens, and I'm really happy that he's getting the shot uh, that he's getting uh, in Baltimore.
2: No doubt about it, Pete. It's going to be a great game on Saturday. We're looking forward to it, and uh, certainly one of these days, like I said, maybe two years I can uh, come up there and uh, see a game. I know it'll be great, and uh, you're always, you know, when, when you guys come to Greenville, you're always welcome with us. Um. And we appreciate your time. You always have been uh, good to us. I think it's been five years, uh, a long time you've been with us. So thank you for all the great visits and another one today.
1: Told you. I, I, look, I, I tell anybody that listens, you know, if I take Navy out of the equation, East Carolina has the best environment in the American. It's not even close. And, you know, I just, you know, I know the season's not going the way you want it to. But no matter what happens, stick with the kids. Stick with the kids because those kids show up every day, put the pads on, play hard, and um, I don't expect uh, anything less than a great game uh, from the players coming up uh, this weekend. I think it'll be a a heck of a football game between uh, Navy and East Carolina on Saturday. Looking forward to it.
0: Pete, looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on with us. The first team to 13 wins the game.
2: You got it. Appreciate (laughs) it, pal. All right, have a good one. All right, bye-bye.